This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Uh, thanks so much for listening, all the kind words, comments. Uh, ratings, reviews on, on iTunes, it's greatly appreciated. Uh, if you haven't done so and you enjoy the podcast today, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to, to consider doing that. So uh, I like to get into it. So we're going to get into erythromycin today. And this is a macrolide antibiotic. And in clinical practice, uh, this medication isn't used terribly often. Uh, but there is some really important things that you need to know if you ever do see a patient on it. So uh, definitely some important drug interactions and things like that to uh, look out for. And I'll cover that more in more detail, of course, in the, the drug interaction section. Uh, but first, you know, kind of with the, the mechanism and the way the drug works, it is classified as a macrolide antibiotic. Uh, I know there's uh, tendencies uh, for young pharmacists and students uh, in school and in pharmacology trying to memorize endings and things of that nature. So erythromycin uh, is not going to be in the same class as vancomycin. Uh, it is not in the same class as gentamicin. So uh, there is that temptation to try to memorize those endings, and it can be helpful uh, in some ways, but in some ways it could, could lead you astray. So you can go back and listen to the podcast on azithromycin, uh, but I'll spare you that. Uh, the mechanism, uh, simply put, it binds the 50S ribosomal subunit. And within bacteria, what this does is this actually blocks the production of essential, basically, bacterial proteins. So that's how this drug really inhibits growth and stops the, the bacteria from growing and replicating and things of that, that nature. In a clinical practice, uh, there's two major reasons why I see this medication uh, isn't used near as much as azithromycin. So one of the first reasons is dosing. It's so much simpler and easier with azithromycin. Uh, erythromycin uh, is generally dosed multiple times per day versus azithromycin you can get away with uh, doing it once a day in, in most cases there. Uh, the other really thing I kind of alluded to earlier, earlier uh, really important thing is drug interactions. Uh, so erythromycin inhibits CYP3A4 and azithromycin doesn't do that. Okay, and I'll get into more specifics on that in a little bit here. Uh, as far as indications of uh, erythromycin, uh, it's going to have a pretty similar uh, anti-infective, antibacterial profile to azithromycin. Uh, so, you know, it could help with some atypical pneumonias, uh, pertussis, it's got some activity, uh, some UTIs like chlamydia, things like that. Uh, a couple of uh, rare indications that I, I do want to mention, um, but they're rare in a sense that we may dose this on a chronic basis, which it's rare in, in general to give patients a chronic antibiotic long-term, 
or it's not incredibly common. And so uh, erythromycin has been shown to have some benefit and activity uh, in gastroparesis. So I have seen GI specialists uh, use that in patients with gastroparesis, probably the most common patient population with gastroparesis or that slowing of the, the gut is diabetes. Uh, so that's kind of one situation where you might see chronic azithromycin used. Uh, one other one is acne. And if you think about the, the setting of acne, most often it's going to be, uh, you know, in, in younger patients. So hopefully we don't have as much concern or issues with uh, drug interactions compared to maybe our, you know, polypharmacy, chronic disease state, uh, elderly patient, uh, where we do have a lot more concern uh, and a lot more risk for drug interactions. So, uh, yeah, acne and gastroparesis are, are a couple of situations uh, that you may see this uh, medication used longer term. Uh, but I can't stress the importance uh, enough that you need to reassess these medications periodically, especially something like this. Obviously, the risk of you know giving an antibiotic or one of the risks giving an antibiotic long term is antibiotic resistance. And, and so that's a, a big problem that we're encountering. And the more we use these medications... Uh, the more we kind of sort out those bacteria, kill off the ones that are susceptible, and some other ones grow uh, that are becoming multi-resistant uh, to multiple drugs. Uh, I did forget at the, the onset, I think, uh, to mention a couple of brand names. Uh, so Iritab is probably the most uh, common brand name I've heard. Uh, I have seen the abbreviation EES. Uh, so keep that in mind as well. And I obviously discourage using abbreviations uh, pretty much at all times, if possible. Uh, can lead to errors and, and mix-ups and, and all that sort of stuff. So uh, definitely avoid uh, those abbreviations. Now the adverse effect profile, so erythromycin, it's an antibiotic. I mean, you can pretty much take it to the bank. Uh, antibiotic can cause uh, GI upset, you know, nausea, potentially vomiting if it's severe enough, maybe some diarrhea. So erythromycin is no different there. Some antibiotics are, are more or less, um, but certainly can be a, a, a thing that can happen there. Now, some more rare but serious adverse effects with erythromycin. So if you remember azithromycin, we've got that QT prolongation risk. And that can certainly happen with erythromycin as well. So important to remember that. And I'll cover a little bit more in, in drug interactions, uh, thinking about that, that adverse effect. Uh, rarely there have been uh, cases of uh, hepatic impairment, uh, so liver dysfunction um, from this medication. So important to maybe think about that if you've got a, a patient that's you know displaying any signs of uh, liver impairment, or you know, maybe labs are out of whack, things of that nature. So let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and then we'll finish up with drug interactions. MedEd 101 has been a supporter of Real Life Pharmacology podcast. There's a growing list of clinical resources for pharmacists, nurses, nurse practitioners, med students, and so on. Anyone involved in healthcare and looking to learn more about medications, we've definitely got resources from Amazon Books to Audible Books, uh, as well as uh, board certification study material, 
Uh, that's specifically more geared towards pharmacists. But go check those resources out. Uh, support the Real Life Pharmacology podcast and uh, support MedEd 101. So the link to that, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. So finishing up on drug interactions, uh, there's two uh, buckets, two major buckets that I think about. Um, erythromycin, if you go look it up, you'll probably find two to 400 drugs that could potentially uh, interact with erythromycin. Again, it's one of the major reasons why we steer clear of this drug in most situations. Uh, so uh, when I'm talking about these interactions, I'm highlighting some, some major ones, some maybe common ones or severe ones uh, that can happen uh, in clinical practice. So because erythromycin inhibits the enzyme CYP3A4, it's going to have a lot of drug interactions. There are a lot of drugs that are broken down by CYP3A4. Okay, so this enzyme CYP3A4 can break down warfarin, uh, aripiprazole, uh, apixaban, an anticoagulant, uh, colchazine, lovastatin, simvastatin, so some of the statin medications. Uh, some of the benzodiazepines as well, so triazolam, alprazolam. Uh, all these drugs are broken down by CYP3A4. So if you stop that enzyme or block it to an extent with erythromycin, what's going to happen is the concentrations of all these different drugs uh, can potentially rise. And that's going to lead to toxicity, uh, adverse effects from those other medications, and really an untenable situation. So we've got to really strongly consider what's going on when we're and what medications a patient's on when we start erythromycin and potentially when we stop erythromycin. So in the setting of like warfarin, for example, if a patient's been on chronic erythromycin and chronic warfarin, their INR is at goal, and now we take away that erythromycin, there is the potential that that INR could fall where we get lower warfarin concentrations because we're taking away uh, that enzyme inhibition. Uh, other drug interactions besides CYP3A4, I mean, that's, that's the big one I think about that's really unique to erythromycin uh, compared to a lot of other antibiotics. Uh, but another way that erythromycin can cause drug interactions is through QTC prolongation. So if we've got the, a patient on some of these drugs that can cause QTC prolongation, uh, citalopram, antipsychotics, amiodarone, other antiarrhythmics, uh, we've got to remember that erythromycin uh, can worsen this issue and that maybe you know we need to monitor uh, that EKG and, and get those uh, figures uh, so we know where a patient's at when we're, we're starting this medication. So keep an eye out uh, for patients who might be on multiple medications uh, that can prolong that, that QT interval. So I think that's going to wrap it up today. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Snag your free PDF, 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. I've had a lot of people reach out and, and say thank you for this resource. Uh, it is a, a really good focused resource 
that teaches you really important things about the top 200 drugs. Great for somebody that's getting to know uh, and understand pharmacology medication safety better. So uh, definitely go check that out at reallifepharmacology.com. You'll get that once you subscribe. Uh, pretty simple, and we just uh, send you out email emails when we've got uh, new things to share, such as a new podcast and that sort of thing. So uh, go check that out. Uh, leave a rating, review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That's incredibly uh, appreciated for all those of you who have already done that or are going to do it. Uh, we certainly greatly, greatly appreciate that. I'm going to sign off for today. Uh, thanks so much for listening and, and have a great rest of your day. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.